The Holy Gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Luke. Glory to you, Christ. Jesus went on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And when he had come near Bethpage and Bethany, at the place called the Mount of Olives, he sent two of his disciples, saying, Go into the village ahead of you, and as you enter it, you will find tied there a colt that has never been ridden. Untie it and bring it here. If anyone asks you, why are you untying it, just say this, the Lord needs it. So those who were sent departed and found it as it was told them. As they were untying the colt, its owner asked them, why are you untying the colt? And they said, the Lord needs it. Then they brought it to Jesus, and after throwing their cloaks on the ground, they set Jesus on it. As he rode along, people kept spreading their cloaks on the road. As he was now approaching the path down from the Mount of Olives, the whole multitude of the disciples began to praise God joyfully with a loud voice for all the deeds of power that they had seen, saying, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest heaven. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, order your disciples to stop. He answered, I tell you, if these were silent, the stones would shout out. The Gospel of the Lord. of the true and living God. Amen. Please be seated. In Jesus' day, it was, the, it was the custom that Jews who were able to would make a pilgrimage to Jerusalem at the Passover time. Now, incredibly, this city of Jerusalem, the most important city in the whole Jewish universe, was only a town of a population 40,000. And when all the pilgrims came arriving at the Passover, there would be 200,000 people coming 
and swelling that city. And you can imagine a place that was not used to having so many people would have had such incredible energy, people from all across the land, all bumping up against each other. And there was a saying that people would say to greet one another, one pilgrim greeting a fellow pilgrim, they would say, blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. A phrase that may be familiar to many of us in our tradition in the Episcopal Church and many others. It's part of our prayer that we do every Sunday for communion. You hear the prayer, holy, holy, holy. Lord God of power and might, heaven and earth are full of your glory. Hosanna in the highest. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Hosanna in the highest. And many people, if it is your thing, will uh, do the sign of the cross at that word. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Because it's receiving that blessing. In incidentally, this is called the Sanctus. Holy, holy, holy. Uh, it's been part of Christian worship since the early 5th century. And it relates to Palm Sunday as well because you also hear the words Hosanna repeated a few times. Hosanna, we have said Hosanna a few times already today as we've wa waved our branches. But Hosanna is not simply a shout of, of glee. It's not uh, just saying hooray. The word Hosanna literally means save us. And so when the people greet Jesus and they say, Instead of blessed is the one, they actually say blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. The king, you, the one we've been waiting for. And they say Hosanna. And when they say Hosanna, they mean specifically save us from the Roman Empire. Because you have to also remember that at this time, Jerusalem was an occupied territory. The Romans had occupied Jerusalem since 63 BC, which means by Jesus' time it had been almost a century that the land had been occupied. And the prayer was that this king would come and would liberate them from the forces of the Romans. And so you can imagine when 200,000 people come into a town that's normally 40,000, and the Romans are trying to keep control and keep things under uh, you know, under their grip, it was a tense time. In fact, it was described as being like a tinderbox. And that helps us as we understand what goes on during this last week when Jesus is betrayed and tried and ultimately crucified. When, and we're going to hear this all read out, reenacted, as we have our passion reading later in this service. Listen for how nervous the people are. People are anxious all up and down. The Roman authorities are anxious. Pontius Pilate and Herod would not have been in Jerusalem, but they came in for the Passover so that they could keep that control. The religious authorities, they're also afraid. They're afraid of a riot. And ultimately, a person who is innocent becomes the sacrifice for the sake of what people think will bring a peaceful time as opposed to breaking out into who knows what. Well, remember also that Jesus himself, in a way, is ending his pilgrimage towards Jerusalem, too. In the Gospel of Luke, 
we see that he sets out on his journey toward Jerusalem in chapter 9, and here we are in chapter 19, and he's only now arriving at the triumphal entry into this place, this sacred and important city. And as he enters into the city, he is getting nearer to the temple of God, the place which is understood to be where God dwells, where God's presence is. And also the temple is the place where righteousness happens. It's the temple where people bring their sacrifices so that they can become right with God. And also where God can offer forgiveness and God's mercy. Remember in the Gospel of Luke, this is the gospel that likes to highlight mercy, the importance of giving and receiving forgiveness. It's in the Gospel of Luke, the only one of the four gospels where we hear Jesus on the cross actually saying, forgive them for they know not what they do. Forgive them, forgive us. Forgive us as individuals and forgive us collectively. It's a call for God to have mercy upon us because we do not know what we do either. We call Jesus king like the people who proclaimed him king that day so long ago in Jerusalem. But like them, in truth, we find it hard to be his subjects. We find it hard to be citizens of his kingdom. We choose instead to subject ourselves to the kingdoms of the earth, the powers that be. Like the rulers of the Roman Empire of his day, we subject ourselves to our appetites, to our greed, to our vanity, to all those powers of the world that encourage us to treat one another merely as objects rather than to love one another as God loves us. And this week, of all weeks, we are meant to stop in our tracks and to pay attention and to reflect on how we live and how we might live better, how we might live for the true kingdom, Jesus' kingdom. And that we might turn our hearts as well as our feet so that we move in that way and toward that place of holiness and righteousness and mercy and justice. In this week that is coming, we will see how Jesus makes our lives right with God in spite of ourselves. And we will see how he confronts all those powers and meets them with the power of love. As William Sloan Coffin put it so beautifully, he said, Easter is all about the victory of seemingly powerless love over loveless power. That is our destination. It is the ultimate point of our pilgrimage. Welcome to it. Blessed is the one who comes in the name of the Lord. Amen.